Thank you for tuning in to another episode of our Prayer is Breathing podcast. My name is LaToya, and today I'm going to talk to you about praying with authority. So when we pray, we have to understand that we have power that has been given to us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we have power to make things happen in the spiritual realm. So we're going to start out talking about a very important passage in Luke chapter 10. And in this passage, the disciples were actually shocked and amazed by the level of authority that they had. They were not aware. And so they begin to come back and tell Jesus the authority that they realized they had. So Luke chapter 10, verse 17 says, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They were so excited and they begin to tell Jesus the demons are subject to us in your name. Do you know that in the name of Jesus, demons are subject to you? And so if you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to have that understanding. So when you pray, you know how to bind the enemy, you know how to take authority, and you're not praying from a place of someone that has no power. You are praying knowing that you have power that has been given to you by the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, and he said to them, so Jesus replies, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And verse 19, I love this verse. This is a life verse, especially when it comes to spiritual warfare. Luke 10 verse 19 says, behold, this is Jesus speaking. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So this is what Jesus tells his disciples. He tells them, yes, you do have authority to trample on serpents and also over all the power of the enemy, not just some, but all the power of the enemy. Sometimes we give the enemy way too much credit, but we have to understand who we are in God, that we have power. And then this verse closes and says, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now I love verse 20 as well. It says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And so he brings back this perspective of understanding that your names are written in heaven, that you matter to God and that you have a place in God. And so they're so excited about the spiritual realm. And he also lets them know like, hey, your names are written. So we have to understand that when we pray, we are praying from a place of authority. People in authority have the ability to make things happen. Also, people in authority have someone that is submitted to their command. And so we understand that demons are subject to us, meaning that we have authority over them. And so we have to pray accordingly. So Matthew 18 verse 18 says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 
So this is describing to us, and this is Jesus speaking also in this passage, letting us know that our prayers are not just in this world that we see, but our prayers affect the spiritual realm. This we understand that if we bind something in earth is bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Verse 19 says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. Verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So this is so beautiful and it's so powerful because we have to understand that we have authority and we also have to understand that even as we come together in prayer, as we pray, as we agree, nothing is impossible and that whatever we ask for, God will do. Truly prayer is our weapon So we pray and we fight and we war and we take authority. And so for some people listening to this podcast, this may be very new for you as far as praying and authority. And one thing I like to think about or understand is that when we're praying, we're not praying always as beggars like, oh, please, or this, that, whatever. We are praying in authority. And so authority looks like For example, if you're struggling with something, you can pray according to God's word and say, I bind the spirit of hopelessness and I release and loose the joy of the Lord to be in my life. And so you can take a hold of the word of God and begin to pray in that manner. Now, in order to pray in authority, you have to pray in faith. There's many scriptures that say, if you speak to a mountain, it must be moved according to your faith. And so when you understand your authority, you have to have faith as you are praying. If not, your prayers are tossed into the sea if you doubt. James 1 verse 6 says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. We have to work on not being double minded, double minded Sometimes you believe in God. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have faith. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you pray and you trust that God is going to come through for you. And then other times you do not. And so this is a matter or a state of being double minded, having two perspectives that change and that causes us to be unstable. But when we are standing firmly in our faith, we are focused. No matter how things look, we understand that all things are possible. We understand that God will show up for us on our behalf and we walk in that level of authority. Authority is not based on what we see with our eyes. When it comes to the spiritual realm, we understand that we walk by faith. And so the authority that we have, we may not see it immediately as we are praying. Luke chapter seven is one of my favorite passages, especially when it comes to authority and faith. And this passage talks about a centurion. So Luke chapter seven, verse two says, and a certain centurion servant 
who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this thing was deserving. For he loves our nation and he has built us a synagogue. Verse six, then Jesus went with them. And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. So pretty much they're sending servants. The centurion has servants and he sends his servants to Jesus. And so they go to Jesus. They're telling Jesus, hey, we have a centurion and he has a servant who's dear to him. And this servant is about to die. And they're saying, Jesus, we need you to come. We need you to show up. How many of us we need Jesus? Hey, I need you to show up in my life. Please come. I have this thing that's about to die and I need you to come and bring life. And in this case, it was a a servant. But in our lives, many of us, we have things that may be ready to die. And we are like, God, I need you to show up in my marriage. I need you to show up in my finances. I need you to show up in my walk with you. I just need you to show up. And so this is what is happening in this passage. And the servants are saying to Jesus, hey, we need you to show up. Now, the centurion reaches out to his servants and he says, hey, I don't actually need Jesus to come because I'm not worthy for him to come. I'm not worthy for him to actually show up under my roof. So we see that the centurion has this amazing level of humility and respect and honor. And then verse seven says, therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. My goodness, I love this so much because he says to the servants, if Jesus just simply speaks the word from wherever he is, that is enough. So verse eight, for I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it. So the centurion is breaking down how authority works. And he's pretty much saying, when you have authority, this is so good. When you have authority, all you have to do is speak the word. So if you have authority, you will say something and it has to be fulfilled. It has to be done. If you're the owner of a major corporation and you speak a word, everybody has to follow suit with what the manager, CEO, boss has spoken. The CEO, the boss, he may not physically show up to your location, but everything that he already said or spoke has to be done because of his level of authority. And so verse eight, the centurion is making it very clear. He's saying, hey, I understand authority because I'm also a man in authority. And he's saying, I have soldiers that submit to me. They're under me. Remember, we talked about demons are submitted to us. And so he says, and I say to one, go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it. Verse nine, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. 
Now, whenever the Bible talks about Jesus marveling, and it's only a few times that grabs my attention. So Jesus marvels at him and turned around and said to the crowd that follow him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So he, Jesus is marveling because of this centurion's faith. He understands that he has faith and Jesus is impressed pretty much saying, wow, you know, this man has such faith. And then verse 10 says, and those who were sent returning to the house found the servant well, who had been sick. Now, if you catch this, and I encourage you to go back and read this entire chapter, Jesus never physically shows up to the centurion's house. Okay. So he does not even make it to the house because the centurion stopped him and said, Hey, you know what? You don't even have to come. You just need to speak the word. And listen, let me encourage you because if God has spoken a word, God is not a man that he should lie. And if God has spoken the word, you need to have enough faith to say, you know what, God, I understand that you have all power. You have all authority. Everything is submitted to you. So whether or not you physically show up in my situation, I still know and I still believe by your word alone that everything must change. Sometimes we pray like, God, I want to see a sign, but really all we need is the word of the Lord to stand on the word of the Lord, whether we see a physical change or not. At that moment, we need to have enough faith to understand how authority works and that when God speaks, his word will not return to him void. And so I love this passage about the centurion because we learn a lot about how to truly have faith and to truly trust in God and to truly pray from a place of authority. What situations in your life do you need to take authority over? Do you need to speak and bind and loose and begin to war and just declare the word of the Lord? You do not have to lay back down and be defeated. All you have to do is stand up, stand on the word of God, grab a hold of the scriptures and apply your faith and speak the word this servant was about to die. And then all of a sudden in verse 10, the servant was well. So don't just marvel at what you see in your natural eye, but begin to pray and begin to have faith and understand that things can change in a moment. Jesus already paid the price, Matthew 28 verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let us pray. God, I just thank you for power. I thank you for authority, the authority that you have given unto us because of the cross, because of the sacrifice that you gave your only begotten son, Jesus Christ for us. And I pray God for those today that may be looking 
and facing situations that are dead, that seem hopeless. God, I pray that they will stand and rise in authority according to your word. And I just pray in agreement with them, God, that your will will be done. I pray that Lord, you will open our eyes to understand what is going on in the spiritual realm and that you will train our hands to war and we will take authority, oh God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you that whatever we bind in earth will be bound in heaven and that whatever we loose on earth will be loosed on heaven. And God, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. You said we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. And God, we thank you, Lord, that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we thank you, God, that we are seated in heavenly places. I pray that you will shift the prayer life of each and every person that is listening in this season, in this hour, that we will rise up in the body of Christ. We will rise up and take authority, oh God, in the name of Jesus. So Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I pray that you were blessed by today's episode. Make sure that you follow us on the gram at Prayer is Breathing. Also, you can follow us on Facebook on our Prayer is Breathing page. Also, we have a private group for any prayer requests at Prayer is Breathing on Facebook as well. Check us out at Awake Christian Clothing if you want any prayer gear. We have our prayer works and Prayer is My Weapon t-shirt. So you can check us out at awakechristianclothing.com. And until next week, God bless you. Walk in victory. Take authority in Jesus name. God bless.